0: Welcome to the Hidden Voice Podcast with me, your host, Samala Bygraves. This is a podcast for women who are desiring an exploration into shadow work. It is for those who are ready to uncover the wisdom that lives within our deepest fears and the liberation on the other side of transforming the shame and guilt that shrouds our past experiences. Join me and astrologer Danielle every fortnight as we shed light on the hidden parts of ourselves and society that have been kept in the shadows. This is a space for raw conversation, rebirth and transformation. This is where we uncover our hidden voice. Welcome to today's episode of the Hidden Voice Podcast. In today's episode, I am going to be sharing with you my personal story of the most recent ending within my life. Now, the last three years has been an incredible, incredible journey of... (laughs) transformation. There have been a lot of endings and there have been a lot of beginnings. Now, I will be sharing my personal story, many of my stories over the coming episodes, but as this is the sort of the launch of the podcast, I really wanted to start with where I am now. Now, some of you may know that I, you know, have recently separated from the father of my daughters, and this episode really speaks to exploring and understanding the equal parts grief and relief in every death, in every ending, and that if we do not experience endings, then we cannot create space and receive new beginnings. So death and rebirth is a very big theme of the podcast. And I almost want to start the podcast, or at least my story where I am now in 2023. So before we get into the episode, you are going to hear a snippet of conversation between myself and Danielle. Because when I was going through the kind of the official ending of the relationship in that when my daughter's father moved out, that was the point at which I experienced the deepest transformation because that was the the ending, if that makes sense, or rather the, the reformation of my life. So we are talking about sort of the placements within our astrological chart. Now, we know we will be talking about human design on this show because human design has played a very big part in my transformation and it's a very huge part of reclaiming your voice, reclaiming your truth. However, you know, we're really speaking to when we look at our astrological chart, we can begin to see the energies at play, what is happening within us and without. And for me, Pluto really plays a very, very big role in my life and in my chart. So you will be learning more about this as the episodes continue. But for now, I hope you enjoy the conversation between myself and Danielle, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. I'll see you on the other side. You know, and it's not coincidental when these things happen. You know, when this happened for me, it was coming up to the end of the cycle. So it was kind of like Capricorn time when, when my relationship fully, you know, we, as in there was the moving out and there was me kind of like spending January, like, what am I doing? So, you know, it's like, I think sometimes you can look at these things that happen in your life, well, it's not coincidence that it happened then, that that was when it happened. As I'm saying, moving into Pisces, which has been I've felt that really interesting what you were saying about it's like, okay, right now we have the new dreams, the things that we are desiring now start to take form. So if we're going through something like that, like a a rebirth or or an ending and then a new beginning, you know, what can we draw from? I suppose it's like that I think is what I, for me, this is what I'm loving about learning from you is it's more drawing from what can I draw from? And it's almost like, ah, I can see I think we mentioned about Pluto in my chart at the minute is, you know, there's a lot going on. So it's like, we go oh, okay, this is all happening and I can either choose to get on board with it or I can resist it. So I don't know if you kind of can kind of bring any wisdom to that.
1: Yeah. And, and that is the important piece that you're talking about there is I can either get on board with it or I'm going to resist it. And quite often then when I see resistance and the universe is saying, ah, ah, these lessons are coming in for you to evolve. We're looking at Saturn and we're looking at Pluto. But when I see these lessons, first of all, they're coming in like if you're walking along a path and stones are being thrown in front of your path, right? And we, we just jump over the stones and then some rocks are being thrown in front of the path and we're like scurry around the rocks. And then before we know it, this huge boulder comes out of nowhere and it's like, you've got something to learn here. And then we go, oh, okay, what is it I'm needing to learn? And this can show up in lots of ways. This can show up through repeating patterns of behaviour in relationships. This can show up in repeating patterns of behaviour in work or in friendships or in the way, all sorts of ways, right? So when we're looking at pointers in the chart, yes, we need to take the chart as a whole, but I Encourage people to work with the current energies to start noticing what's going on. So when you and I were having these conversations coming through winter and Christmas and through your ending right of that relationship is what's going on right now with the planets? How is that showing up or touching points in your natal chart for you to then lean into that energy and say, okay, this is what's going on right now. This is what I need to learn. This is what I need to consider. This is the parts that maybe I need to integrate. And that can feel really comforting to know that. Or sometimes there can be like an end point, and you can say, "Ah, oh, it feels this way, but it should change around March time. So I'm just going to hold on for a little yeah. bit longer, so that yeah, just so, to, so that it gives just me get some through it. Just got to get through it. There's, there's light. There is light. But right now, this is happening for this reason, for your greatest growth. And that can be like, ah, oh, okay. Like when I hear that, my shoulders drop. I didn't know that I was going through my Pluto square. So Pluto square Pluto happens around the age of 40 and what I was going so how that hits my chart really really is impacting my family life and impacting my relationships and I didn't realize that at the same time as the planet Uranus is moving through my house of relationships which Uranus is there to disrupt right and all of a sudden my biggest relationship, my marriage ends and my family life and my home life completely transforms and changes. And as I'm looking through my chart, I'm going, oh, of course it is. <laughs> of course, that 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 makes so much sense. And the energy is there. Of course, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, this is showing up. How long is this going to last for? What do I need to learn from this? What's going on here? What energy is present for me to lean into to support me through this time? Yeah, there's there's good and bad in everything that we look at. So where is their supportive energy right now to carry you through this challenging part of your life? Because you're never without it. Yeah, so when we're looking internally, so so within, so without, when we're looking internally, we all have good and bad. All the polarities live within, the shadow and the light. And so external to us, the same. It's all there all of the pieces so when we're going through struggle where can we lean into some positive helpful energy to help us through
0: so today i really want to talk about the equal parts relief and grief when a relationship ends and how that space between the relationship ending and the rebirth of the new version of self is an incredibly sacred portal of transformation. And I want to use the word reformation because this is where sometimes I feel that we miss an important piece of like rebirth and transformation is that in every ending, there is a new beginning and is a reformation of what was to now what is. So I have been learning from an incredible coach. So I work with him every week. His name is Brad. Hopefully, I will be getting him on the show at some point. And, you know, through my facilitation with him, I have discovered for myself over the last, I would say, eight months in particular, that there are equal parts to all experiences and that it can often be the denial of the other half that can create the suffering that you know we experience when moving through challenges now that i think for me was a very pivotal moment because when we assume that there is only good or only bad in something you know we really miss out on the potential wisdom and experience of the actual situation so you know we aren't getting the whole story so with relationships in particular especially with this is my own experience of relationships ending and the people around me. And I know that obviously a lot of the time people are mirroring back to you what's going on within. It's like there's an assumption that when it ends, it's either completely for the good or for the bad. And I know that that has absolutely been my perspective at times. And that there's either pain or pleasure to be gained, but not both. And that actually simply it's not true because you know when you start to cast your mind back you know especially when you kind of look back at your own experiences when I've looked back at past experiences that I judged as being only bad when we weigh up the the positives and the negatives the seeming positives and negatives of the experience you can actually find that they're you know that they're equal but that obviously takes some time and that that really speaks to the work that I've been doing with brides so but kind of Moving backwards a little bit, when I found myself feeling the huge wave of grief when the relationship with my daughter's father ended last year, so our relationship ended at the beginning of 2022, but we actually stayed living within the same house for about nine months. You know, I was actually quite confused because the huge feeling of grief, it almost, it it floored me because... I was questioning, you know, why was I grieving something that I knew was no longer correct for me and, you know, and for the other person, you know, and I was sort of asking myself like, did this mean I didn't want it to end? And, you know, I began to doubt myself and actually buried away my feelings of grief because rather than allowing the grief just to simply be there, you know, I started to resist it and, you know, shove it down and almost numb myself to it. So, when I began working with Brad in august twenty twenty two I was still yet to understand that you know the grief and relief of the relationship ending were equal, and that the actual the way to find my center in all of it was to see both sides, you know, to really see the whole experience in full color and to also see that a lot of my grief, well, more so pain and suffering, was actually coming from the intense amount of judgment that I still held over not being with the father of my daughters. But also that this was the second major relationship in my life to end when there was a child. For those of you that don't know, I have three children with two fathers. So the shame I experienced, because the shame is toward myself was like this thick rope around my neck. And I could barely bring myself to tell people that when I say I have three children, and then, you know, as things go on, and then it's like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, actually, they're not with the same person. The shame that I experienced at that point in time was like, yeah, just this thick rope around my neck. And then there was the guilt. I experienced this huge weight of guilt on my chest because I believed that I had let everyone down. And that just further pushed me into suppressing my grief because, you know, how could I be grieving when, you know, this is something that I had sort of chosen you know, chosen to do. I mean, obviously in any relationship, nobody really leaves anybody more than the other. But my point is, is that, you know, when you know that something needs to end and you're grieving, there can often be that, well, you should be happy because it's what you wanted. And I think that is definitely something that we can, we're going to delve deeper into, because it's this assumption that when we choose something that, where we want to go, that there'll only be a positive, but there's always going to be equal parts. So, but of course it was the judgment toward myself that was causing the majority of the pain underneath or on top of and around all of that, that grief. Okay. But what I started to realize, especially when I started to do the work with Brad was that the judgment toward myself actually went back further than that. And it actually came from my first experience of death. So a literal death and and death as in an ending of something. So when I was 11, my parents separated and pretty much at the same time, my grandma died. So it was two very big endings. So, you know, wrapped up in that experience, I didn't know how to process my grief as an 11 year old around my grandma dying because I was witnessing my parents separating and then I was also witnessing my mother and her grief. But there was also a huge amount of relief in terms of my parents separating initially because I knew that my parents were unhappy. But then at the same time, when it did end, I experienced a huge amount of grief, anger and frustration at how powerless I felt. So, you know, as an 11 year old, I think I was incredibly perceptive and I could see how unhappy my parents were. So I understood that the ending had to come, but at the same time, then there was a feeling of, well, this has now made my life worse. So, you know, and again, as an 11-year-old, I had, you know, I didn't really have a space or place to process that. So, you know, it was more of a shoving it down. So I did not know where to put, put all of those feelings and emotions. So I vowed to never allow anything like that to happen to me, you know, and then fast forward 24 years, here I am with three children and co-parenting with two fathers. So, you know, it's like, here I am faced with it, you know, in, in the most, in the biggest way. So, you know, there are so many offshoots to this conversation, but what I'm really wanting to get across today is that it can often be our resistance to endings to death. That is what actually creates that chasm of pain inside of us. And that when we then risk refuse to see that then we when we refuse to see that every situation has a balance of positive and negative and that neither is better than the other is when we really access the wisdom within the situation you know my grief was telling me something my grief was showing me what i thought i had lost so i was grieving i was grieving the ending of something but it was also showing me what i was thinking that i was losing What I thought that I was missing. And it was in that ending, through that grief portal, that opened the space for one of my deepest transformations. You know, so if there are no endings, there can be no beginnings. And life is a process of ending and beginning, you know, the life, death, life cycle. So in this ending, So this ending allowed me to peel back the layers and see where I was rejecting, not claiming and not accessing parts of myself, you know, and where I was really seeking them with the other and almost outsourcing. You know, I was outsourcing my stability. I was outsourcing my practicality. I was outsourcing my organization. You know, I was even outsourcing my foundations, you know, so this ending allowed for a new beginning and it allowed me for the first time to step into myself with access to my own version of stability, practicality, organization, et cetera. It allowed me for the first time to witness myself being fully autonomous and embracing all of myself. But of course I had to grieve a little bit, you know, and I want to kind of flip this script a little bit now. So, you know, we do live in a society that is still deeply resistant to death and endings, you know, where death literally and metaphorically is hidden in the shadows. It's not spoken about. It's pushed away. You know, it's avoided at all costs, you know, and I see this in the micro and the macro forms, you know, take the menstrual cycle, for instance, or even winter. The bleed is seen as dirty, shameful, disgusting, a nuisance, and it gets in the way of productivity. It gets in the way of living one's life. You know, the same as winter. You know, we all intuitively want to hibernate, go to ground when winter comes. But instead, you know, we rail against it and push on and, you know, hate winter. And and the way that I see it is that the bleed and winter, you know, this is the season of death. This is the season of ending, of shedding. And then that is what makes way for a new beginning, for new life, for new creativity, you know, for new possibilities. So when we avoid death and endings and hold on to something and, you know, staying in the same space, we really miss out on a well of wisdom, experience and, and richness. Because let's face it, if we avoid true grief, we also avoid true joy. You know, we pride ourselves on simply being okay, but we don't allow the full force of our grief or relief to be felt. So, you know, when my relationship ended, I shoved down my relief because I felt bad about that. But then I also shoved down my grief. So I oscillated between shame and guilt. So I wasn't even really accessing myself or my actual emotions until I spent time and allowed myself to feel grief and then allowed myself to feel relief and then see the equal balance of the two. And that was when I began to reform my life. So there was this moment at the beginning of 2023 and I was standing in my kitchen and it dawned on me. I was here in this house and it was my full responsibility. I thought about how I had almost not touched it and I was still considering what the other person might want or, you know, want to do, how they might want to create the space or the energy of this house, and I began to wander around from room to room, feeling into the energy of the seemingly empty space. And that—that's when the possibilities unfolded for me, for this home, for my life. Um, you know, I was in conversation with my friend, and I laughed because I realized that I was still sleeping on one side of the bed. I was still taking up half the space. You know, time to starfish, she said. So. This is what an ending allowed, and not just for me, but for all of us. So this ending in my life has impacted people that I don't even know, for the people that I do know has impacted them. I can't know how, but it absolutely has, because any ending that we see out there in the world gives us an opportunity to look at our own life experiences and to ask ourselves, where are we holding on? Where are we not letting go? But of course, the assumption that things will always be better or that they can be better on the other side of something is, you know, is also not necessarily true because death and endings, they are just purely a shift in form, you know, so nothing is ever lost. Everything is always here within and without and when we embrace death, we open ourselves to life because the process of dying begins at birth. You know, form begins to break down, to shift, change and move the minute it is created. And this is the gift of embracing life and death. You know, you cannot have one without the other. So, when people ask me, do I miss being in a relationship? Do I miss having someone in the home? The honest answer is no, because not because I do not care, not because I do not like the other person, but because nothing is missing. I am not lacking anything. My life has simply shifted form. And that was what that ending allowed last year. When I was 11, when I was 24, every time there has been an ending, there was a beginning. There was grief, there was relief, and there was inevitable transformation and reformation. So my question to you is, where are you avoiding death in your life? Where are you avoiding the ending of something? Where are you hoping for, wishing for, desiring a new beginning, but not creating space for something new to come in? Because that is what death allows death and ending creates space and there is often an uncomfortable period where there is nothing form in that space just the formless but if you allow that space to sit in that void space the form will come so i hope that this episode has been insightful i'm deeply grateful for you being here and listening to my story and i look forward to going on this journey of exploration with you. I'll see you in the next episode of the Hidden Voice Podcast. If you're listening to this, then you've made it to the other side of the Hidden Voice Podcast. And we want to thank you deeply. As some of you may know, I've birthed my first book this year, Spiral. It's my personal memoir of rebirth, reclaiming my voice and facing my shadow. Head to the show notes for how you can get your hands on a signed copy of my book. And if you would like to continue the conversation, subscribe to the show and be sure to share and review this episode.